Welcome to Beer Fueled. I am your host at Beer Fueled Hop with two P's, Chris Hopper, joined by Ryan Miner at Ryan Miner underscore FFB. Dan Thurry will be joining us a little bit later on. Uh, he is trivia doing trivia right now. Um, where one Lucky of the categories man. is a is a specialty for him, so uh, he should be with us a little bit later. Uh, we we do this weird thing where we just don't coordinate, and then like day of, we're like, all right, yeah. Nope, there's at least two of us. We're good. Show up when you show up. So they'll be here mid-show. Uh, we coordinated an hour, an hour and a half prior to the show. Yeah. Anything, anything before that? Never. Nah. After this, it will be. It's only a day up, an hour and a half before the, at nope. the absolute earliest. We might bullshit with each other a little bit in between, but we don't really talk business. And from the moment we sign off of this until we come back to it the next Thursday. Um, yeah, here's the first ten minutes of the hour before yeah. we come right on. Yeah. Uh, so first technical episode of the off season, uh, because we don't acknowledge week 18. We'll tell you why you shouldn't in a minute. Um, so we're going to be doing our fuelies today, which is our superlative episode, handing out, uh, awards in air quotes for your audio listeners, uh, for fantasy performances. We'll do a final check-in on the playoffs and see how some of our predictions over the last couple weeks unfolded latest in news and rumors. Um, as of right now, uh, cause we, as it's been previously announced, we do plan to wrap this up, uh, episode 500, episode 500 would be August 29th at the moment, uh, with one off week in there for the actual NFL draft. So, uh, episode 500 would be August 29th and, uh, that'll be it. So we'll plan a blowout for that. That would be the week before the regular season starts. So, Yeah. I think that's uh, all the housekeeping I got. So let's get into what we're drinking. Let's do it. What's fueling beer fueled? All right, what are you drinking? I am drinking an oldie but a goodie because you don't, you can't find it here in Michigan at all. Then you do not sell it. It's restricted. Still, probably always will be. I am drinking Yingling. Traditional lager. Yeah. Hey, there's hope. We didn't get it for ever. And it had, I think when you were down here for the draft in St. Louis, it had just like we had just gotten distribution for the first time. Yeah. So they're expanding it. It's like, like I like getting it, but like once they sell it here, I probably won't want it anymore. So I'm like, exactly, oh, now I just get it. 100% exactly how it went here. <laughs> like we were excited to get it. And we're like, all right, yeah, it's good. But the novelty of it's kind of not there anymore because we can get it. So. Exactly. It's like, that's no longer fun. Yeah, I mean, it's good. St. Louis has a lot of good beer, though. So, but, I mean, uh, more on that about halfway through the episode. All right, I was up in the Springfield, Illinois region, so I got some access to some different things that I don't get down here. Uh, so I picked up a Dithering Bitter from, from Art History Brewing. It's a Yorkshire style, style best bitter, which is really just a best bitter. Um, so British style of beer. Uh, Art History Brewing, Dan's probably more familiar with them than I am, but he's not here at the moment. Uh, They're out of Geneva, Illinois. So, well, I didn't go to their website or read their story or anything like that. You can do that if you want, arthistorybrewing.com. Best Bitters, typically a little lighter in malt character, uh, traditional British hops, and lower ABV. So, more on that about halfway through the episode. News. 
one of the biggest arguments that that I've seen on social media this week um, in, I don't know, it's really an argument, but people that still play in week 18 versus the people that have two week playoffs spanning week 17 and 18 versus the people that just do week 17. Um, here is why you ignore week 18, a thread. Patrick Mahomes is sitting, Lamar Jackson is sitting, all Ram starters are sitting, including uh, everybody but Puka Nakua, essentially, because he's got a shot at the rookie receiving record. Uh, but no Stafford, no Kyron Williams, no Cooper Cup, no Higby. Uh, Vibes Commanders veterans won't play. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco and Rashi Rice are both banged up and are likely to sit for the Chiefs. Uh, no Elijah Mitchell or CMC for the 49ers. Some of that's injury-related, but in the sense of that they had something to play for, they probably would have played. Uh, Brock Purdy is not playing. Joe Flacco is sitting in favor of Jeff Driscoll. Uh, the Eagles also... Uh, saw something earlier this week that they might rest some people, and that's not even a comprehensive list of everybody that's going to be rested up. You know, um, you got Sam Darnold versus Carson Wentz in the Niners Rams game. That's why you ignore. That sounds week very 18. exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's why you ignore Week 18 because do you really want your championship decided by you know Tyler Huntley because Jackson's resting? But not only that either, you know, do you really want your championship being uh, having to play, you know, like Jacoby Myers or someone like that because all your starters are gone and he was your third or fourth wide receiver and everyone you have is gone. Right. That's not how you want that to line up. Now, there is a slight chance of that in week 17, but it's way, way less. And it's just like when it was a 16 game season, we ignored week 17, right? You just ignore that last week because there are things that are settled that are going to cause this scenario and even in a two-week playoff right that doesn't really solve for this many guys that are fantasy relevant not playing this week so that's the psa um that is the only bit of kind of in-season type news we're going to get to there's a bunch of guys that are banged up at the end of the year not practicing whatever we're not touching on any of that because unless it's a major injury at this point we don't really care the fact that you know I don't know, Amari Cooper's or Keenan Allen's heel is still bugging him, really isn't going to carry as a story through the offseason. So we hope. So, yeah. Anyway, Dalvin Cook released by the Jets, signed by the Ravens. He's ring chasing, so that's a a short-term signing. Smart move on his end. I mean, the way uh, Baltimore's running. Yeah, he restructured his Jets contract, so they didn't owe him any guaranteed money. To get out of that so uh martavis bryant was released by the cowboys for those that didn't know martavis bryant was on the practice squad just thought that was a fun little note i totally forgot about that and i was like oh yeah that's where he went didn't he yeah probably released just in time to go to the newly formed ufl to the newly formed ufl is the usfl and the xfl uh have united to form an 18 league two divisions uh four teams holding over from the usfl four teams holding over from the xfl uh, so spring football, including the St. Louis Battlehawks, um, not really a lot of springboard action there yet, but the XFL did have an existing deal with the NFL to test out like rule packages and changes and things like that. So it's interesting to keep an eye on and they hang around long enough. They're going into, I think combined, this is going to be third season. USFL had one before the XFL relaunch. Um, yeah. So you get. 
a bit of staying power with you know what's backing this you could see more players making the jump different spot for college guys to go get a shot and and break training camp so worth keeping an eye on if you're bored it's like it make like a good developmental league i think i think like, so too you know, I mean, like, yeah like how the nba has that one going out with the was it g league yeah they got the g league and you got the minor leagues in the mlb and then the ahl and the whl and echl and all of that and in hockey and i don't think you'll ever see this get to a point where it's a one-to-one relationship but you know to see it get to a point where you know beyond the practice squad you've got teams that retain draft rights to guys and are you know might have agreements in place maybe around the time the next cba comes up something like that so Right now, it serves as a good spot for people to actually get on the field, get playing time, and NFL teams to take an interest. I think it actually benefits these XFL, Uf, USFL players because of the way NIL, NIL deals have been going in college. Yeah, where these kids aren't coming out anymore like they used to. Mm-hmm. So, like trying to get that good good talent, like you, you're getting the older talent now that's going to be in a developmental league, as we want to call it. Yeah. So yeah. it actually might help them sign. Like, you know, if they play good this season, like as we saw last season, some of them are actually signed on to active rosters. Yeah. No, we did. And that that could very easily happen again. And, you know, they're not paying Buku bucks, but, I mean, the salaries were, you know, middle-class livable. So, yeah. Plus, if you pull endorsement deals in these places like St. Louis that don't have NFL teams, you could really, you know, do yeah, pretty got a really well good dome it. team there. Yeah, you could do really well, really well with it. So, um, but cool to see that's taken around. A scum of the earth Panthers owner David Tepper, who I've grown to hate a lot over the back part of this season. Uh, he's been fined three hundred thousand dollars for throwing a drink onto a Jags fan during Week Seventeen. That's just bad sportsmanship. It is. I didn't. I mean, I didn't really I see, see it. Like, about... like throw it. It looked like he yeah. bumped it. Like he was just frustrated. Yeah. I don't know if he really threw it, but I don't know. It was hard to see it. The more I see about this dude, the more I don't like him. No, he just seems like a total dick. Nah, it's going to be the next guy we're hoping gets ran out of the fucking league. But rich white guys being dicks, who would have thought? Uh, Sean McVay is going to continue to host the Rams in 2024. Uh, they're locked into a playoff spot, so uh, it's supposed to be a transition year. He's done well. Um, yeah. Obviously great over the last eight years, so. Let's we'll see what Stafford does after the season. Yep. Uh, Rams cut. Speaking of the Rams, they cut uh, kicker Lucas Haversick, signed Brett Maher, and then Pittsburgh is going to be writing. This might have dynasty implications. Pittsburgh is going to be writing Mason Rudolph over Kenny Pickett in a must-win Week 18 game. Not because Pickett's crazy. Right call. And and they're well. <laughs> you you see who's ref in that game, right? No. Brad Allen's crew. Oh, Jesus. And that game has playoff implication to it. And Brad Allen's crew has been one of the worst. The worst. Yeah. Probably. Yes. Um, Even this year. That was the whole fiasco with um, at the end of the Lions-Cowboys games. We won't get too much into that. I believe that Decker reported and the ref fucked it up by calling out the wrong guy. Um the Bears game where Fields got laid out. No late hit. Bears game where Fields got laid out. The end of that Chiefs Packers game where every call mm-hmm. in the last two minutes got missed. That was that crew. The MVS and you know, pass interference that should have been called that wasn't. Yep. Yeah, that yep. one. That crew. 
Yeah, it wasn't That's just like the they missed it one way. They missed both ways in both instances. I mean, that Lions game, they screwed up the reporting. Also missed a tripping goal. Yeah, yeah, that play wasn't yeah. like the game like changer. Like, oh my god, you know, if they would have made this call, it's like the the Lions had opportunities in that game where they could have won. Yeah, prior that's, to that. So yeah, well, and that's, I mean, that's one of the things that's really, really annoying about NFL social media, right? And getting a little philosophical here. NFL fans and NFL pages love the slippery slope argument of, well, this one play caused this or made this happen. And whenever you listen to the players, and it's not just the Lions game. Eagles, Chiefs, if you listen to New Heights, um, every player says, you know, look, it wasn't that one play. There are plenty of opportunities that, you know, that we had or other things that, that could have happened to not be in that situation. Or there are things that could happen after that play, too. They, exactly. That can change the outcome of that. But, you know, yeah. Okay, when it takes a, a definite touchdown off the board, um, when what was it, the Travis Kelsey play, where they let the play unfold and then called it back, maybe rightfully, maybe oh, yeah. wrongly. Um, but you know, and that takes a touchdown off the board, then yeah, it's easier to make that argument. You can say they shouldn't have been in that position, but it's easier to make the argument of that change the outcome of the game because it, you know, really did. But you know, you start picking on calls in the third and fourth quarter or in the third quarter or whatever, they miss this holding call in the second, like, okay, who gives a shit? We met, exactly. but, yeah, they like to magnify things and make slippery slope arguments and, you know, assume that you know what the outcome of the game would have been for for drama and for hits and interaction. That's just not always the case. Lions went forward on fourth down, they could have just kicked the easy field goal. And then we have right. this They could have tied it, and then who knows what happens, right? Yep, exactly. But, and that's where, you know, nobody's criticizing Dan Campbell, but that's where, you know, you see coaches get criticized for one call or something like that. And it's like, okay. Oh, I was criticizing it because it's yeah. like, all right, you went for it the first time and you missed it. You know, you had it and you the so you can't, the call. You, bur- you burn the play, right? Yeah. So why keep doing it? Then, like, you know, they got a lucky penalty that ended up being intercepted, but it was a penalty. So you do it again. So they had three opportunities to, to do it. Mm-hmm. You do the two-point conversion the first time, that's it. Just say, you know what, fuck it. We're just going to take this game to overtime. But Should have taken whatever. the sign. Yep. Yep. I agree. All right. Rumor mill. Because there is some of that. It's that time of year. Uh, Always. Per, per Josina Anderson, teams within the... Uh, within the NFC South would have Bill Belichick interest. Does Bill Belichick really want to keep coaching, though? Well... I mean, it was he, 70... He's in the 70s. Right. And which teams? So, if he continue, decides to keep coaching, the Panthers have an opening. We expect the Falcons will probably have an opening. I don't think the Saints are firing Dennis Allen, and I don't think the Bucks um, are firing Todd Bowles, right? So uh, no. Panthers is this is this the next lever Tepper is going to try to pull? Because that's what I thought when I first saw this. Be I mean, seventy-one 
years old. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he walks away. I think he does too. But I think if he doesn't walk away and this is the next move Tepper makes, it's a dumbass decision. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy, like, yeah, he had his <laughs> time, he had his run. It's like, after, 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 you know, it's so good. It's like, okay, let's just move on. He's, he's trying to run, do an old school type game that was working and now it's not working. So, well, yeah. And they're not even investing in the spots you need to invest in for this type of game. Like, you can hate on, on what what's happened with Mac Jones all you want, but they didn't give him any help skill positions. The best thing no, they gave him was Devontae there. Parker. Yeah. Because there's nothing there. They're not, you know, putting anything Elliott. on the field to help them. Yeah, the corpse, no. of, corpse of Zeke Elliott and a bunch of bad tight end picks and build wide receiver picks and you don't have somebody there elevating everybody. So yeah, I, I think that that's an old game that he's trying to play that he needs to write off into the sunset. I don't think anybody in the NFC South, South should be uh, going out and grabbing Bill Belichick. Hi, Dan. Hi, guys. What hey, Dan. How, how was trivia? Um, it was... Uh, it was... We got... One of the one of those sports questions, Ryan, which I didn't know who it was, is a tennis player. You know, I don't watch fucking tennis. Oh god! But you just guessed. It went all right. <laughs> no, it, it, so it, so the theme was it was like it was ripped from a New York Times article. It was the seven most like influential people from sports, and it was Coco Graft was the uh, was the one we missed. Oh, Coco Graft, uh, tennis. Well, yeah. excuse me yeah it was yeah. tennis player okay. so and it was pictures yep i probably would have gotten that one actually just because... i got i got every other one of them right besides that one yeah i probably would have gotten that one next well, week you know next week yeah <laughs> yeah let me drive two hours up on a thursday to... yeah, you know one day i will one day worth it one yeah. day just bring the kid you'll be fine <laughs> Nah, he can stay with mom. I'm not gonna bring him. His name's Carlos. <laughs> Kids staying home with mom. <laughs> Getting hammered at Anvil. That's all right. You know Anvil. You hammer. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals are gonna stick with Kyler Murray in 2024, which shouldn't have been much of a discussion. And then shocking. Uh, so in the Chicago media, everything is now around this. You know, what are the Bears going to do with Fields? And we're going to hear it all offseason until they actually make a decision. Um, you can put me in the camp the way things have gone the last five weeks, seven weeks. Yeah, I think they're like five and two in the last seven or something like that. And since that four game, they're two games over 500 since that four game losing skid to start the season. Um, I think I'm in the camp of Red with Fields for another year now. I don't think there's a wrong answer, which I think it's the right answer. There, there's good narratives for both. I think it leads. I think with them keeping Everflus, um, I think it leads to them uh, keeping Fields. It's just the fact that you traded the 101 last year. You have a a second chance at it 
And I actually don't think the third year, you know, resetting the rookie contracts actually even a part of this. I bet you the team doesn't really fucking care. No. Like they can also just, you know, trade the pick and take a quarterback at, with whatever pick they trade down with. Like there's just because they trade down doesn't mean they're not drafting a quarterback if they wanted no. to go that route, you know? Yeah. Like well, this is a very good class. Suppose this is supposed to be a very strong class again, and and yeah, and, and the field's improvements are notable, right? Interception rates down by a full percentage point. Um, the offense is moving considerably better. Um, thirty-eight point two percent success on on third down. Um, that's a two percentage point raise. Or I think that's what the success rate is. Uh, well, it's a passing success rate. Anyway, I won't go into that thing. Uh, yeah, he still has like forty-one turnovers in thirty-nine games. So yeah, he's improved this season on his turnovers, but he still has more turnovers overall than he has played in actual NFL games. I mean, sure. I'm gonna be. I just want to be the other guy that goes against field. No, no. I I think it's a good idea to have because I mean that's been the discourse. Yeah, the last it is. I'm zooming in on. On this year, though, because regret uh, progression, like his his actual NFL re- linear, right? His fumbles are are down by quite a bit. Yeah, for the season. Well, that's what I mean. On the season, everything's yeah. Down he, no, he definitely improved. I'm not gonna lie because the sack rate's down by six percent. So. And that's the DJ Moore effect, but yards per attempt is up. And that's what you're looking to see this year, right? We knew last year that he was holding the ball too long. He was scrambling too long. He was trying too hard to make things happen. Um, he needed uh, to see things, wasn't anticipating well, was taking a lot of sacks. The more you get sacked, the more you're going to fumble. The more you're under pressure, the more you're going to make bad reads and bad decisions in the, in the turnover department. That is corrected this year to a degree. Um, and I think really since he was out with an injury and got to watch Bajant play, that this is not lost on me either. I think that's corrected. Because that's the one thing Bajant was good at. And he said in put in interviews, like, hey, I'm gonna take away what I saw in his game and try to implement it into into mine because I got to watch what he did well. And ever since he's came back, it feels like He's been more decisive, more selective about when he tries to create, more selective about when he decides to take off, and a bit more timed up. And that's probably a combination of, one, seeing it done in the offense, and two, just having another year in the offense, having some consistency and getting to set in. Three, DJ Moore. Yeah, for sure. DJ Moore's been stellar for him. Mm -hmm. But 10 and 27 overall as an NFL starting quarterback. It's a bad I get record. It, yeah, he, he didn't have a good supporting cast around him. Didn't have a good coaching is, staff to start. Right. And yeah. this coaching staff is not the coaching staff that also drafted him either. No. And that's... Yeah. It's not the coaching this staff. This coaching staff is also on hot water, too. Like, it's not like, you know, Fluis was a popular, you know, you know, cut, you know, can candidate up until this winning streak or this, this, this stretch, stretch of wins. Um, he feels really. <laughs> I, I, I mean, 
like even box score scouting, he hasn't been particularly great. It's just the team's been more competitive, right? The quarterback position isn't just throwing the football. It's like your job mm-hmm. is to, you know, progress the downs. Like your job is to get a first down. Your job is to lead the team down in scoring position and hopefully score a touchdown. The team scoring more points. The offense has been more but fluid. The defense for got sure. Healthy. And that may also be a part to two is that he's getting healthier. Well, I the, the I think what we're healthy. seeing is that too. And and got a pass rush. It's, yeah. <laughs> and, he also, and he also like and he also has like traits that you can't teach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he's basically going through you know, rookie season Josh Allen. You know, yeah. rookie season as early parts of their career, Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson. Like it's there's definitely like you, you are seeing shades of other players in his game in terms of that. And you see while well throws, it's just you know, if they don't draft the court like there there's there's just so much, you know, narratives that you can you know paint with this that like I said, there isn't a right or wrong answer. It's you just, have to decide if you're upgrading. Are you yeah. upgrading, or do you get more out of this by moving down, or by you know going a different route? I don't think. Then that's what they have to assess, right? I don't know that like Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be in the first few picks, but can they trade down? and still get him becomes a question, I think. And do they need to, right? I mean, that's that's the pipe dream. That's what everybody wants to, to see happen, but is wide receiver their biggest, or do they have to get a stud wide receiver having DJ Moore? Yeah, they, they already have a stud wide receiver. They need receiver. a number I mean, two. They need a no, 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 two. it's not that they need a stud. They literally yeah. need a number another two. receiver. They need somebody a, else. A true number two. Because Matt's had a great one, year. Yeah. Yeah, there's one receiver on that Bears team that should be in the NFL. The rest of them should be gone. Yeah, that is yes, including Mooney, who's had hor- this horrible year. Horrible year. Horrible last two. Like years. you don't have to look at stats. He just looks just terrible. But I mean, yeah, look how these NFL think- teams are even drafting too. I mean, look at like Cincinnati. You know, they had they took uh, T. Higgins one year, and then Jamar Chase. You know, top five pick the following the next year. year. Yeah, mm-hmm. next year. So it's like this transition of these teams going from. I mean, even like uh, Atlanta, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Yeah, but these they... teams spending the top picks on these wide receivers or these top end pass catchers. So forgetting Atlanta for should... a second because they've done nothing with it, the Bengals didn't have the athleticism at the quarterback position in Burrow or the style of play with Burrow that the Bears have with with Fields. Lamar Jackson is the best comparison to this, and the Ravens notoriously. You know, they got Zay Flowers relatively early, but and they got Bateman first round pick. What was first round pick? But late, right? Marquise Brown was the first round pick. Yeah, they're all all they're all the Vikings, and that's what I mean. Like you need you a first round wide receiver, good, but does it have to be the best wide receiver in the first round? No, it doesn't have to be. But he's also claimed as being this one generational talent compared to Kelvin Johnson. I've heard the same thing about Napers too. Like it, it's, we yeah. know just the, the one consensus that I've seen thrown around in, in the very early process of this is that 
there is a style of wide receiver for literally everyone's preference and high end style of that. Like, yeah, you're going to have your bigger body outsides. You have your alpha, like your new alpha builds. Like there, there are yeah, good receivers guys. in every mode, your speeds, your slots, your literally everything has it like in of good notes too. So, and that's what I'm saying. If they keep, can they keep churning that first round, that number one overall pick? Can they do it again? And keep swinging some sustained draft capital that way. It it it, it will could. also depend on the market value for Justin Fields. Like well, it's it not going to obviously burst because it won't they're be trading something. Him on as the number one. Yeah, they're yeah he's not, they're not on this something. team if they yeah. take a quarterback. I mean, yeah. he could. So are, be a, are they a trading dumb Fields too? But. Yeah, and it's gonna that's gonna be a story all offseason. Are they trading fields and getting the draft capital on that? Or are they gonna trade the one oh one and get the draft capital on that and roll with fields? And if so, then you gotta plan on are you extending? I mean, they may go to the Detroit Lions mold and just worry about the quarterback of the future later. Yeah, I mean, so they of- had a chance to get a quarterback of the future and then they fumbled it, but that's okay. Well, no, because they had Jared Goff. They didn't need one. But they, they, I'm all, I will always be on this narrative. They, they should yeah. have this past draft, but need a quarterback fine. of the future when your quarterback of now is not even. It's a Jared Goff who got traded from the team that drafted him. His nickname's Mr. Perfect, and he's not even 30. Hey, yet. we have Hennon Hooker. Don't worry. We're good. <laughs> they didn't have a need. I would have loved to see how he would have gone if he didn't tear his ACL. Me too. He's having such a good hey, fucking year. He's, yeah, certain, he's yeah, practicing Hooker. again now. Yeah, so, I'm saying like how high of a draft pick would he have been had he not gotten hurt? Oh, he was going to be borderline like end of the first, beginning of the second. I was seeing him mocked early. in Minnesota. Yeah, I was seeing him mocked yeah, in Minnesota yeah. a lot. But like I'm looking at like um, Tankathon right now, and you have Washington for sure. It's probably going to take a quarterback because they were trying mentioning Sam Howell. Well, teams are trading work. up. Yeah, they teams are. are moving up. And who's yeah. who's that pick two? Who's supposed Washington. to be? Or, Washington, okay. Washington. New England's at pick three. Yeah. Arizona's at four. I see New England trying to move up. If, if, if things end today, I see. I also see Minnesota is going to be. I, th- I think they're going to be very heavy handed. You got and moving so like up. I, I think teams. they're moving up for quarterback this year. So. So you have Washington at two, New England at three. We could say the Giants at five because they overpaid. Yep. Um. Atlanta at nine. Vegas at Minnesota 11. Minnesota's 12 right now? Yeah, 12. Yeah. I think their best chance of moving up is pick seven. I think it's their highest potential. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think. that's just it. If you're the Giants, if you're the Falcons. Yeah. Well, there's good quarterbacks in this, in this class to, right now, too. Looking at it. Do you try to jump, though? And I mean, look at last year. You had the Panthers move up from nine yeah. in a class that was considered to be top heavy again, too. Like, you know, there's a lot of arguments between Young Shroud and then with the rise of Richardson after the combine. Like this class, obviously, is going to have little, you know, a little more bigger, a little bit bigger names in Ooh. terms of what they've been waiting for. But I forgot about that. The Bears have a fifth year option decision on Fields too. Yep, this entering their fourth. Him and Lawrence. I think yeah. I think Lawrence is the only one that's going to be on his original team. I I I I I am on the side of the Bears are going to trade Fields. I'm on the other I side. I think 
Yeah, I, I think the pressure of of we, passing up on the first well? overall pick again is going to be way too high from from like the ownership, like to pass up and like. Teams, I don't think so. Yeah, I people mean, are obsessed with Caleb Williams too. Especially, I'm, saying, uh, I'm not. I'm not. No, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm not just saying in general. I'm just I saying in general. Like, like, I like Drake May better, to be honest. And if the Bears beat the Packers, I, mean, I still think Caleb is high as upside. If the Bears beat the Packers after the we want field chance at Soldier Field last week, I don't know that the ownership is going to be feeling the pressure to do yeah. anything about that. Well, I mean, it, it, yeah, because like, the feel good vibes among the fan base are going to be so good. It's not going to be coming from them. The teammate part of it, it's, oh my God, it's going to be. What if they draft a quarterback? Not at one, but what if they draft one at like Nine. with their second pick in the first round? Nine or 10. Well, or if they trade right, back right. and they take it with one of those picks as this insurance scene. Like, I agree with you, Hopper, too. Like, the locker room, the team absolutely fucking loves Justin Fields. I mean, I love Justin Fields. I don't, I would love to see him get traded to Minnesota, but it's, that's not going to happen. It, it's, no. it, I mean, it people won't. are projecting him to go to Atlanta. Like, that's the team I keep hearing that. That's every fucking, it's, yeah. It's either because them, Roddy it's White tweeted about it. That's yeah. why. It's, uh, he's been a rumored spot, I think. In Atlanta. I think Atlanta is part of every QB trade rumor spot. I mean, they're going to be part of every trade they, rumor and every trade up rumor. And, yeah, I, I Minnesota's going to trade up. I'm calling that, especially if they lose uh, to Detroit and they get a top ten pick. Yeah, a quest is going to move up for Drake May. Yeah, so I wouldn't mind that. Jaden Daniels. I, I, I would love. I, yeah. I would fucking love that, dude. Yeah, I would. Yeah, those two with. <laughs> oh my god, that offense would be electric. He scouted May. There's been a lot of yeah, but anyways, yeah. you can. We have all offseason to talk about. That's what I was gonna say. We can debate that. I wanted to get the initial takes out there. We can debate that all off yeah. season. Uh, let's go ahead and check in on our playoff race, shall we? Let's we do, do it. I've been looking forward to this part. All right, cool. <laughs> How are we looking? Uh, well, well, Miami Buffalo definitely looks like yeah. More see, this is what I'm talking. About, That's the only guys. reason why Ryan wanted to talk about it is because yeah. he wanted to bring I, up Miami I, I, Buffalo I saying, again. I thought you were saying that one for last, but okay, let's go there. Let's no, I mean, you don't no. have to. I brought it up. Hopper is the leader of this. Yeah, I will save that for last, and we'll go with the NFC first. So, okay. spark. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, we'll go with the NFC. Hey, first. You got to say the best for last. You got to keep the listeners listening, Ryan. All right. Thanks, mom. All three of them. Right. So moms. in the NFC, we'll start in the West. Uh, Niners obviously clinched a bye. We've already, we've already talked about that. And yeah, the Rams have. clinched a playoff spot, right? Rams have has the Rams clinched a playoff. They have. Okay. Okay. The Rams have clinched a playoff spot. Um, standing side no. Yeah, they're, they clear, uh, Rams are a wild card. Yep, they are. Okay. Yep. Let me do this. I thought I had. At once, I have the standings up. Well, I got the standings. I got got another site with other shit. So, uh, yes, there's one spot other than position jockeying. There's one spot open in the NFC, two spots open in the AFC. Um, Cowboys and the Eagles. So, Niners are locked in as winning the NFC West and into the one seed. Cowboys and Eagles are. I think position jockeying still. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. They're both yes. eleven and five. So they're both eleven and five. So that comes down to 
this week. Whoever doesn't win that is going to be the five seed. So um, looking at matchups this week, Cowboys-Eagles, the Eagles have the Giants, and the Cowboys have the Commanders, both winnable games. So projecting that out, we got Dallas winning the East now. Who has the better chance? I mean, it's if both teams win, who it, is it? The Eagles? It, they get in. I think it's the they Cowboys. both split their. No, they're both going to okay. be. They're both going to be in. The Cowboys have the tiebreaker. They have the same record right okay, now. The okay. Cowboys are in first. That was Cowboys okay. have the tiebreaker. They're both guaranteed a playoff spot. Whoever doesn't win is going to be the five seed. So one of those teams will be the two seed. One of those teams will be the five seed. I can't believe the Eagles lost. Oh my god. Yeah, it'll be Dallas. And if they have uh, if they have the if they have the tiebreaker if they both win. Yeah, I I think so. There's no way that I mean, there's no way that we thought that they were going to lose to the Cardinals, but there's I just you know no. The NFL also based on on time of when these games are at, so they're both three o'clock games. Because that may also influence. Thankfully, I think they're better about it this year than they were last year. They didn't announce game times until after last week. That's why they're better about yeah. it. Um, hey, yeah, right. So Smart. yeah, they're, they're both 325 games. So they'll be locked in at two and five, it two and five, probably in that order. Lions are going to be the three seed. Yep. Um, we are, that's decided. Yes. Yeah. So they can't go any lower. What we're waiting for now is the four seed and then the last wild card. So let's talk about that. Four seed's going to be the winner of the NFC South. Right now, Bucks and Saints are both at eight and eight. The Falcons at seven and nine. So I'm going to go through those scenarios and we can we can talk about it. Got to get to the NFC. All right. So. Tampa Bay clinches the South if they win. That's, if they win, that, that's all they need. That's is just all they need to do. Tampa Bay needs to win. Um, Tampa Bay is playing. I think it's the Panthers. The Panthers, the Panthers at in Carolina. Yep. So do you? So that's going to be the first question then. Do you project Tampa Bay winning? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And that's going to, that will give them the South. Uh, Atlanta, if they win and Tampa Bay loses, so if Tampa Bay were to lose and Atlanta wins, then they would clinch the South. New it would Orleans, be the Saints? The Saints clinch the South if they win. Oh, uh, and because they're playing the Falcons, they're Never playing mind. the Falcons. Yeah, yeah. I I misread that. No, I, I was the wrong Bay, week. I'm like, whoops. If Tampa Bay loses, then whoever wins, yeah. If Tampa Bay loses, then whoever wins out of New Orleans, Atlanta, or Atlanta wins the South. Hmm. <laughs> what a fun division! So, It'll be the box. We got Tampa Bay. It. We got Tampa Bay winning. So yeah. Yep. It'll be the Bucks. We've been there the whole time. So let's talk wild card scenarios now. 
the teams that are still in the wild card picture, technically, are Packers, Seahawks, Saints, Vikings, Falcons, Falcons. Yes, yeah, the Falcons will so get in. So Packers, Seahawks, Saints, Vikings, Falcons. Let's talk about those scenarios. So let's. Start. I thought the Bears go too, but or am I wrong? No, Bears. The are Bears cannot. They are. Uh, they are officially eliminated. Okay. Yes, they are. So Green Bay is winning in against the Bears. Um, they have the tiebreaker over Seattle, uh, and Atlanta, New Orleans. No. New Orleans, Atlanta cannot get in without winning the South. Makes sense. So the Bucks win the South, Atlanta's eliminated mathematically. They cannot get in without winning the South. Um, okay. The Packers are winning in. Um, If they don't win, there's a lot of unlikely scenarios involving ties. So they're winning it, essentially. Green Bay is. Yep. Should they lose... Should they lose? Let's see. Minnesota. It opens up the door for Minnesota. They need. They need Seattle. They need the win. And Tampa Bay or New Orleans to lose. Yep. And then also Green Bay, obviously. Yeah, which they win and whatever. But they would need Seattle to lose and Tampa Bay to lose. Seattle to get in needs Green Bay to lose. So if Green if Green Bay loses and Seattle wins, then Seattle's in. Let's oh, man. Seattle it's, is it's gonna be a cluster here. Yeah, and Seattle is playing the Cardinals in Arizona. The Cardinals, the Cardinals yep. in Arizona. Both of these games, both the Bears, Packers, Seahawks, Cardinals are are, are three twenty five games. So they're not gonna I mean obviously the Vikings fate would be sealed if they lose. The Trace is still playing for a second and three C, which still is important. You know, if they have the chance at a second home game. Um yeah. Yeah, they are. Saint Selena. Playing to jump the Yeah. They would need though I think they would need help from Washington, cool. right? Did the Lions beat the Cowboys? Yes. Okay. No, so no, 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 no. They lost right. overtime. They lost. That was so, a controversial. So they would need yeah, the Cowboys. They, they, they would need the Cowboys. They would need the Cowboys to lose to the Commanders, and they would need they're to win. There's a chance do that. So I'm saying they're the three seed. That yeah. seventh spot. Green Bay's got Chicago. I'm gonna go ahead and call. Chicago's got nothing to play for. I'm, Chicago's got everything to play for. Keeping the Packers out of the playoffs. Yeah, this is like the trade. You don't think that matters? You, you don't think that matters to them? Oh, it does. Yeah, that matters right. a fuckload to them. Yeah, especially with an individual rivalry. This is Detroit, like last year when they fucked up the scheduling and made that game meaningless by the time it started for right. Detroit. So let's call was, that. Let's call that one first because that matters because Green Bay is winning in. Who do you got? Green Bay or Chicago? In Green Bay. In Green Both Bay, teams are playing very well. Fields and Eberflus, well, baseball as they can play, potentially playing for their jobs. 
I'm I'm going Chicago. A because I want Green Bay to lose, and B because I I ah. I, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's a toss up. It's a hard one to look at. It really is. I'm also and with going that, to Chicago with the streak they're on, the vibes around that team, and and. Fields and Flues playing for this one signature win, carry him into next year. Like it's, it's going to be, I'm going to try yeah. to forecast that into existence. I'm saying Chicago wins. It's going to yeah. be one of those things where, oh my god, <laughs> went it in. I'm going the Packers on this one. This is going to be huge for Matt Lafleur. Like, yeah. this is literally like, all right, you can't have my name be alongside Aaron Rodgers anymore. Like, I won yeah. without him. And yep. I will give my props to Jordan Love playing above, farly above expectations in what most people said him. I agree. I'm going Chicago for the chaos, but all the props to Jordan Love. Now, I don't think the chaos is that much because I would totally take Seattle. The next scenario falls is does Seattle beat the Cardinals? I'm thinking that I dude, Cardinals are looking legit. I think Cardinals are like. Seattle is is very much up and down, and Arizona same also has a lot to play for too, in terms of you know what the future, what they want that to look like. I think Arizona? they win. I'm going Arizona at home. They want to continue to play strong, you know, you know, post Kyler Murray's return, which they have played strong since. They're, that game's going to be very competitive for sure. Ryan, what and if Seattle. And if it looks like Green Bay is going to beat them, Seattle has just no reason to try to win that game. So there, there's again, I'm going Cardinals. I'm not going to go tinfoil hat. I'm, I'm going. Well, it only matters if Green Bay isn't spanking the shit out of the Bears. So. Yeah. And then they, you know, did may start resting players. I won't say for draft slot, but for draft slot. But I'm going. I'm still going to Arizona. Okay. I'll go the Seahawks. Just because the way they've been playing lately, I, I don't want to see them in the playoffs. Just because it, I feel like this would be the year where the Seahawks get hot, and I don't want them to get hot. Well, I would I mean, say that came... more last year because I thought they were playing a lot better last year. Going into yeah, the playoffs like, like a, this year, like a, a switch like always flips out with them when, it, when they get into the playoffs, and they actually have competitive that's, games. That's how I feel like, about the Rams. Like... The Rams are going to be. Yeah, the Rams are going to be hard to beat. They're going to be a lot of guys capable of big performances, and their defense always plays better in the playoffs. And they may catch. They're going to catch either the Bucks or the Lions. Yeah, because if we're all you know fairly certain that Dallas beats Washington. All right, I'm going Arizona in that one. I I am again riding momentum on this. Uh, and playing spoiler to a division rival, I'm going Arizona. I think, I th- yeah, I think these two teams are actually pretty close for the chaos. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. right. Also for the chaos. So then it falls to Vikings Lions, which will be decided by this point in time by the afternoon games. Vikings have a lot of injuries; <laughs> they're not winning. Yeah, I, I think it's the Lions. It's it's the most Lions of their old Lions now also has not practiced all week. Yeah, uh, both I, their tackles are hurt. Like I think this. it's the Lions too. So. Uh, what just happened there with the New Orleans loss, the Seattle loss, and Minnesota losing is Green Bay's in, even if they lose. That's what you just went to, Dan. <laughs> is it? Is it? No matter just, what, Green Bay finds a way to get in. All right. So we just talked ourselves to Green Bay's in, and if they're not, it's likely Seattle. 
So we're we're calling Green Bay as the seven seed. I think is where we just so they can walk. get their fucking ass stomped by Tampa Bay. I mean, I want I just yeah. want to see Tampa Bay win and then win that home game, so the South isn't such a joke. Especially with Baker Mayfield. Thank God. Yeah, I know. I wish I just wish they would have won this week. Right. Oh, beaten New Orleans. We've talked ourselves into Green Bay for the seven seed. Okay. Not by choice. Logic ourselves on accident. It. Yeah, on accident, Hopper. It was Whoops. on accident. We weren't. We weren't planning for this. Yeah, we never planned for it. All right, AFC. <laughs> Ravens, Chiefs, Browns, all locked into the playoffs. Browns will be playing, or I think they're seeding stuff to still yep, work itself out there. But Ravens, Chiefs, Browns, all locked in. Um, so. Ravens win the North. Dolphins are currently first in the AFC East, but not yeah, Bills at five. Bills are ten and six, but not guaranteed to win the AFC East. Yes. Yeah. So they're not locked into the T seed. Um, and then Chiefs are locked into the AFC West. Browns are locked into a wild card spot. All right, let's break this down. Let's start. You want to start with Miami and Buffalo, or do you want to start in the South? For that start in the South. Seat? Let's work our way up. South is a South is like the better shit show of these All South right. divisions. The South is indeed a shit show. So let's talk about the South because I was looking at this earlier and my eyes were rolling. All yeah, right, the let's let's start with who's winning it. Indy clinches the playoff berth with a win, but we're talking the division here, so let's talk the division. Uh, so Jacksonville. So they should the Jaguars based on the standings look. Yeah, Jacksonville wins and they get the division. Lawrence is playing. It looks like, obviously, they've got the Titans. Do you have Jacksonville beating Tennessee? I I hope. Yeah, exactly. That's a, like that, That's the hard one right there. It's like you hope. But the Titans are actually Titans, are been playing like competitive games. 50-50. I, I think Levis hasn't been cleared. Like there's been no call on Levis yet. Right. Oh, I, I take that back. Never mind. <laughs> After last be. week. It was twenty six to three last week, so that should Titans, be it should be Jacksonville should win this, but all right. I'm with you. I'm gonna go with yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Jaguars beating the Titans. You do Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Short talk that would put Jacksonville into the four seed because Jacksonville is is win and win the division basically. Oh God, and they get a matchup against the Browns. Yeah. Oof, so, ja- so Jacksonville's win and win the division. Um, from there, we'll talk wild cards in a second. Let's go ahead and talk. Yep. Let's go ahead and talk that Buffalo Miami game. Basically, it breaks down like this. Miami wins. They win the division. Buffalo win. Miami wins. They win the division. They lose. They still have a wild card spot. Yep. Yeah. They um, go for the two to the six. Waddle's not really practicing. Mostert's not really practicing. Potentially no Tyreek either. Who was in a walking boot when his house caught fire. By the way, prayers up for that. Um. Yep. So... Miami wins and they're in. Buffalo wins. They win the East. 
Miami's in regardless. Buffalo wins. They win the East. Buffalo loses. Then they need uh, Pittsburgh or Jacksonville to lose to get in. Jacksonville will be tied to the Titans, and the uh, Steelers are playing the Ravens against their backups. Back, against backups. Yeah. Which, yes. Last and time Ra- this happened, yeah. they lost to the backups. So and and it's but but it's also Brad Allen's crew, who has been oh, making yeah, bad calls. As Hopper and I have been talking earlier before the fact on. that we have to worry and look at the at the ref crew. crew because the fucking NFL cannot solve or have a a plan in place to keep this problem from happening. Yep. All right. So who's winning Miami Buffalo? In Buffalo, right? In Buffalo, yeah. I got. Or Buffalo. no, I'm sorry. In Miami, it's in Miami. In Miami, okay. I still got Buffalo with all the injuries that Miami's got. I don't think yeah. they're gonna. They're in regardless. I don't know that they're rushing the guys that their team revolves around back to play this game when they're in regardless. Well, in Miami, they're also lost be... Bradley Chubb too to a torn ACL. That's a huge loss to the defense. Buffalo has everything to play for, as Hopper mentioned. Win it in, win it in, lose, and you need help to get into a wild card. Miami auto in no matter what. Obviously, home game and two seed, which is so very important, or be the fifth or sixth seed, right? Because we don't know about the seeding there if the Browns win. Right. They'll, they'll both be, I'm sorry, if the Browns lose, they'll both be. 11 and 6, which, yeah. They're playing the Bengals. Yeah. But I'm going to go with the home team. You're going Miami? I want to go with the uh, Buffalo camp makeup from the sluggish midseason. Miami wins. Ryan, who do you got? Buffalo. I've always been on Buffalo. All right. I'm on Buffalo. Yeah, I've always been on Buffalo. That's true. So I'm on Buffalo. That would put Miami in. That leaves the one wild card spot open with both Buffalo and Miami getting into that scenario. So let's see what that falls down to. I think so, it's a it's a, it's a Texans and Colts game, I think. No, Pittsburgh. Texas Colts and Pittsburgh? Yeah, you got Texans, Colts, Pittsburgh that that can fall down to. So Pittsburgh wins, and they're in a, with a Buffalo loss. So Dan's scenario plays out. Pittsburgh beats the Ravens backups. They're in. If Dan scenario plays out. But that is only with a Buffalo loss. We're I'm gonna assume since we're going vast we're going majority rules here. So yeah. that says Buffalo wins. That would eliminate Pittsburgh if Buffalo wins. Okay, so they okay. And their game will okay. be played, obviously. They're the first game this week. Right. For Saturday game. So if Indianapolis beats Houston, they're in. I think Baltimore beats them anyways. Yeah. Fuck Pittsburgh. So if Indianapolis beats Houston, they're in. Um, if Indy were to lose. How does that work which, out? Which is Houston's if Houston wins. Then they're in. Yeah, but they would need the 
Jags, Houston win, Jacksonville loss, Pittsburgh loss, or tie with a playoff bird. I don't think it's the same. See, this is where my eyes started to roll, right? So we're in a scenario <laughs> where Buffalo wins and you've got Indy and Houston playing each other, right? Indy's in with a win, but if Indy loses, that would mean Houston wins, but they're only in. They need help. Wrong. Well, they, the Houston can clinch a playoff berth. Houston win, Jacksonville loss or tie, or to Pittsburgh loss or tie. But if Jacksonville doesn't lose, they win the division. So. Tiebreakers, man. Well, that's, we know the ABC was always going to be fucky, too. That's where I think it's Houston. I think that that's wrong. Because there's no scenario that I can find here. I mean, tiebreakers Houston's beyond. Because Houston's playing Indy, right? Yeah. Yep. The second Saturday game. Yeah. So Houston's playing Indy in the second Saturday game, which would be an Indy loss, not a win. So Indy wouldn't be in. They're only in if they win. Houston... Miami's in regardless. Buffalo's in the division. Jacksonville wins. They win the division. But Pittsburgh can't get in because the Pittsburgh playoff scenarios are a Buffalo loss, which doesn't happen in what we've got played out. A Jacksonville loss, which doesn't happen in what we have played out. A Houston Indy tie. Uh, a Jacksonville loss, a Denver win, and Houston and Indy not ending in a tie. I think Trent's schedule may also be. I, I think Trent's schedule may also play. I in think this it's. Too, now. I think it's Houston. I think they got this fucked up to where, or they didn't. They missed a snare that we're playing out here. I think it's Houston. If I agree, I, I think it comes down to Indy, Houston, and whoever wins that is is in a scenario where Pittsburgh loses. Because if Pittsburgh loses, I think that gives Indy the better record. Pittsburgh loses, they'd be nine and eight. Yeah, it would give Indy or Houston the better record than Pittsburgh, whoever wins that. So it's yep. it's it's Houston in that scenario. So who do you got winning out of the Colts and Texans? That's essentially what Houston that down to. I've yeah, got Houston, Houston and Texans. I got Houston yeah. winning that too. I'd, I'd have it's, it, it's in Indy. It's in Indy, but I think it's 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 just a story. Yeah. No, I'm with with Houston on that. So we got Green Bay and the Bucks. Rounding out the NFC playoff field, we've got Buffalo and Houston rounding out the AFC playoff field. I think it's crazy that it's uh, Buffalo-Miami Sunday night. I was not aware that they that they were going to do Sunday night. They should all kept them at 3 o'clock. This is the first time they've done Sunday night the last week of the season in a long time. It's well think, worth it. Yeah, I don't think it changes the consensus on that at all, though. It's because it's win and win the division, and you're the two seed. Yeah, it it's important to. I don't think it. Well, right, like it, it it's because there's no scenario where either team's eliminated when you get to this. The Bills, yeah, because KC's have, locked in. It's because KC's locked into the three seed. Right. So there's no scenario that impacts this game, which I think is why they were able to do it. 
because there's no yeah. scenario where either team's eliminated by the time you get to this game because the Bills control their own destiny. They just could have more to play for because they could be losing out. It's going to be a lot of it's yeah. data their money. This is a all eyes on this game to see who wins, saves the East and as the second seed. Yeah. Well, and Colts Texans, I'm surprised they put that on on Saturday, right? Because you need to know the outcome of the Jacksonville game to know how that plays. But I guess because Jacksonville still needs to win to win the division and not lose it to whichever one of those teams win. There should be no Saturday games. I no, think there, there shouldn't. This be. is fucking stupid to have two days worth of final week with so much, you know, playoffs at stake here. And you got they Saturdays. all should be played at Sunday. I would have, I would have been on board with every games at fucking noon, which I think oh, it that, should be the case. And, then, and, and there is no like wait and see. Is you have to play your fucking ass off no matter what if you have to like, you know. Make adjustments if you may, but they have more games to be competitive potentially. These all should be played at noon. But yeah. again, that's just that's not a that's not good for money. That's not good for viewerships when you have that those many games at the same time. Whatever. Whatever, <laughs> NFL. Pittsburgh is on Saturday too, right? Yep. They're the yes. three thirty, and then you have the Houston Colts. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that changes what another team does in the way that they've got this lined off because Jacksonville still got to win, right? Because if they don't, and it's not likely that three games are going to, or two games are going to end in a tie. So Jacksonville doesn't win. Then, I mean, they, they're going into that having to win there's nothing that says that jacksonville can yeah, yeah can arrest players based on on what happens in that that game and the texas and colts games is affected by the steelers and ravens outcome in the because whoever wins that too because of yeah, whoever wins loses, that yeah then yeah. whoever wins wins the division i still think they should all be played at the same time but i do too but at least they do they're doing whatever they want to to make as much money as they can and at this least is all they, optimization on viewership. Yeah, and they did it in a way that doesn't severely fucking a lot, a lot better than last year. The fact that they allowed themselves to be very flexible in week 18 you know, to an extent. Again, this is why I have an issue with two days because now you know the Texans, Colts, and Steelers are all playing on one less day. And and they also those winners of those games also get an extra day of rest. Yeah, no, that I think is the bigger issue. That I, again, why like it's it's been fine to have the last week of the season all be played on the same day. Right. I don't understand the change. It, it doesn't make sense. Money making—that's all they care about. They care about it's money. money. It, yeah, that's all. It's it is. the NFL. They want to maximize viewership. Yep. Yep. There's an old college football on you know on Saturday, so they're gonna take advantage of it. It's, it's why we had Black Friday games this year. It's why we had yeah. It's yep. stupid, but anyways. Anyway, uh, beer. What are you drinking, Dan? Oh yeah, I am. Uh, I, I thought we were doing doing the. Uh, uh, uh we are. Ifuli's, are we still? Yeah. Okay, we are. Second part of the episode. I have. Ah, uh, I got darkness. Those... You should have coordinated with me. I got one of those upstairs. I would have drank it with oh, you. It's... Oh, it's okay. I mean, you can still get it. It's not like it's gonna be bad. A little warmer. 
Uh, this is a Parker's here. So this is Silly Darkness, Barrel Age. This is Age and the Parker's Heritage Heavy Charred Barrel for 15 months. I'm sorry, 15 year Heavy Charred Barrel. Perfect. Silly yeah. Darkness. No adjuncts added. Beer review. <laughs> Mouthful. All right, Dan, what do you think about that? <laughs> it's uh, it's boozy. Um, uh, rem- re- remind the people what you're drinking. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I- I'm drinking Surly Darkness. God, this boy. variant is a 15-year charred, heavy charred barrel from it's like you've never done Heritage. one of these before. Yeah, no shit. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty good in... In the alcohol department, uh, it's drinks like an imperial stout that's Asian bourbon barrels. Um, a little more maple, a little more sweeter on that end for that set. Um, you get some of the, you know, you're gonna get some of the toffee and the you know the bar- the barrel characteristics that are coming through in here, uh, alongside the the imperial stout base of darkness. Um, again, if you like barrel aged beers is a great representation of it and the fact that there's no adjuncts in it just allows the beard to kind of just be what it is instead of having some weird profile all right my turn sounds really good i was drinking i was in springfield last weekend so i've got some art history um, Okay, i've got their uh yorkshire style best best bitter um so that's better. Overall, I think this is uh, it's pretty well done. It's got a light kind of bready malt character to it. Definitely has kind of traditional like British hop character showing up. It's it's drying. It's light ABV, um, a little earthy um, on the hops. I, I mean, nothing. It's very very well balanced and very very crushable. I don't. No, I mean it's exactly what I want to pick up when I pick up the best bitter. It's it's very very well executed and very very well done. So, don't see a lot of that style floating around the states from craft brewers, and very very happy with this. Excited to the next couple of times I'm up, grab more of their stuff and try their Vienna, their Hellas, and a few other other releases. Mm-hmm. It hits the right notes. And I am drinking Yingling's traditional lager from the oldest American brewery. And the way it is, it's a nice amber ale, easily smashable all, all year long. It doesn't matter if it's hot, cold outside. You can take these anywhere, drink them anywhere. The amber flavor is good. And I only like it because it's a beer I can't get here in Michigan. Like I said earlier in the uh, episode. <laughs> and then once that's available here, then I'll lose my hype in it. But I'll probably still drink it. For sure. Oddly enough, yeah, once I... it uh once Gene Lane hit Missouri, it, I thought it would be the same thing and slow down. It's, it took us. It's, it's it's still dominated. It's actually because they couldn't keep up with the man of the Missouri market. So Elaine's kind of in I won't say it's in short regard because you can you can get it pretty much any time, but a lot of their a lot of their non regular stuff runs out very quickly. Apparently, oh yeah, like they're uh... I've seen. Like they're black and tan. Oh, I love the black and tan. 
They have a good Oktoberfest too. I gotta get that. You yes. would hate hate this beer, Dan, but it gets better every time I drink it. That the Roush? Um, I smoked Uncle Eisen. Okay. It's like the third time I've poured this. I, I know. Thanks, Dovetail. My God. Story time. I had the Roush Doppelbach while I was up there, and I'm like, all right, what else could I smoke? And I'm like, yeah, Dunkel Wise, and that might be good. Yeah. I love Dunkels. So I got a Munich Dunkel on draft too. That's pretty good. Ooh, um, tasty. And a black IPL, the Matt Gag. Ooh. The, after mm. the show, actually. Black nice. Indian Pale Lager. Yeah. Sign me <laughs> up. Not even actual style. I got something fun next <laughs> week too. Little little teaser for next week. I got something fun coming. I got a pastrami beer coming out next. Coming for next pastrami week. beer. Pastrami beer. Right. Uh, Benny's has them if you want to join in on the fun, but only in four packs. And I can tell you right now, you really one's fine, but you probably don't want four of them. I don't even know if I want one. It sounds. <laughs> I mean, I would want one just to, just to have for the show, but I, I definitely don't want more than one. Yeah, I thought I'd well, chase it down with potato chips. Stay tuned next week. That's right. Beer Fueled Furies. Be honest with you all, didn't think the first part of the show was going to take an hour, but here we are. All right. Uh, same thing as last year. We didn't pre-do any of this, so we're just going to going to do it live, and we'll try to come to a consensus. And let's start with uh, your fantasy football MVP, your player of the year. Is that like anonymous? Because I feel like everyone's going to say the same thing. No, it's and... not anonymous. We can just go for it. Who do you got? Who do you got, Ryan? Christian McCaffrey. That's where I'm at. That's, that's CMC. Yeah. Healthy the all year. Gap between... Yeah. It's the gap <laughs> between RB1 and RB2, which is absolutely fucking insane. It's over 100 points. It's yeah, it's like the, fact that he got hurt, the fact that he got hurt, which makes me like, I, I, I didn't lose my matchups with a minute, but well, it's because he had 14 points by the time he got hurt. He got, yeah. like, which is and, a, and it's not like he which got is a down late. week for him, which is yeah. a down yeah. week for him. Well, Elijah Mitchell came in and got another 86 yards and a touchdown. Like, stupid. the thing with McCaffrey getting hurt is that that alone did not kill you if that's what happened, but he didn't, yeah. he didn't very much help you get there. No, but you're right. The gap was insane. Who was the RB2? Oh, man. Let's guess. I'm looking right now. I got Kyron. Uh, no, Kyron missed too much time. He would have been probably number two in points per game. Is it most? I think it's most. It, and that's a nine PPR. With a large enough gap like that, it could be anybody just because of uh, they probably missed time. Or no, it, it was, I, was it Rashad White? Uh, yeah, I'm no, looking White, at a bad championship, but he was the RB3, I think, White, into White, last week in terms of points. White ended up as the five, I think, because I looked at it earlier this week. Okay. Yeah, it, it all depends on scoring since if you look at is it Tony Pollard? <laughs> I have Travis yeah. Etienne as two. That's what I, I was thinking Etienne as well, and I had McCaffrey and Etienne on the same team. So, and most of it was like right on his tail, too. He was within a point from what I'm yeah. seeing. Yeah. In ATN and missed games, he just had bad stretches because Jacksonville was bad. He had a bad stretch, especially during the playoffs, and then rebounded yeah. last week. Rebounded he had a fucking week. monster last week. That That's actually what help me. Help me win a championship. Help <laughs> me win a championship. Yeah, yeah, whatever it takes. Help me too. 
So player uh, of the year. took down the heel. I did take the heel I of did that take league. Down the heel of that league, which and, which is beautiful to say because that person hates wrestling. So it makes and that it even better. Now have you noticed that person has not said a fucking thing either? Yeah, because he's probably he probably deleted the fucking chat thread. And just I took him down. <laughs> has not said a damn word. Not congratulations. I, not yeah. good matchup. Not not a damn. Has his brother thread. said something in the chat? His brother congratulated me. Okay. And I don't have all the like names saved, so I don't know stuff, who's who. Yeah, Jason ain't said a damn thing because he's because he probably deleted the chat thread and it's mm-hmm. gone for good. I even intentionally didn't gloat, so I didn't hurt his feelings. Hey, I then... do love the kneel down. The kneel down gift was perfect. <laughs> that was like that was a like classy, but also very sassy. It was well. It's like I appreciate this is fucking perfect. Actually, it just pisses but, him off. But I waited until it was over too. After I got another, that's when you would kneel down. Is when the game's over, right? Yeah, I mean, I could have kneeled it out before the night game because I didn't need that extra thirty points. But <laughs> damn it, I got him anyway. From Jaden, I was sweating. I was sweating bullets in that night game. I was, I was, I was very conflicted. I'm like, I, I was up twenty five points against. Jefferson and Aaron Jones and I I had uh Tyler Kraft left. And after, I was like, there's like I'm like I'm like I'm gonna lose this game. Like but after Harrison Butker kicked 25 and made up my <laughs> deficit and gave me a 10 point lead by that was beautiful the end of the three o'clock games. I was just gonna like, all right, that cool. I thought this was gonna come down to Jaden Reed, and now it's not. So anyway, did a great game. I didn't want him to have excuses. Was the reason I didn't want him to be like, "Oh, I only lost because Higgins got hurt." Well, so. he can't have any excuses. He hasn't fucking said anything. <laughs> like at this point, he's probably waiting to see if his Dolphins even went to the division after talking shit all year about that. Yeah. All but right. hey, I, I was I was happy to acknowledge that in your kickers matter league that we're all in that we can all relate to. Yeah, took down the undefeated team with Butker. Yeah, with Butker, I got almost thirty five points out of Butker. The week after, uh, with me losing to that that team, but outscoring you and the other guy it was it was it all you scored you and Snow by like fifty points. Yeah, <laughs> I outscored the whole league by like over a hundred. Yeah, you a, had a dominating year. Steve's a good dude. He really patriated that one up though. He's a good dude though. Good player. Went fourteen and he lost in the title game. He should have had. A, he should have had you know better halftime adjustments. Yeah. That's what I told him. That's right. what I told him. <laughs> he should have made sure Amari Cooper played. Waiver pickup of the year. Um, this could be a couple guys. But it's, it's Rams. It's Rams players. It's a Rams player, regardless. Yes. It's a Rams player. Yeah. Agree. We'll just with, say that. It's just I'm gonna go Kyron because of the dominant fucking playoff he put together and the fact that I think he I think he only had two games outside of like the top fifteen that week. Like it was not like uh, that discourse is gonna be crazy to talk about. Yeah, he he won a lot of people out of money. I'm gonna go Kyron as well, just because I think we're gonna talk about Buka here in a minute. But as the rookie of the year? As the rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. But I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Kyron. He's an honorable mention for sure. It's so hard to find running backs on on waivers yeah. absent injury and if you lucked into Kyron Williams you made a good playoff run as I did um so yeah if you lucked into Kyron Williams you you had a good playoff run yeah 
him getting hurt middle of the year probably hurt a bit, but when he was on the field, you were guaranteed no duds. Yeah, he was an RB1. I think he had two games outside, like the two where, games he played. I think he had two games in which games he played that he was outside, like the top 15. Like, where did he, he was, rank in points per game? I, I have to imagine RB2. Maybe three behind Mozart, but I have to imagine. For running backs, he was number RB2. And yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm looking at the CBS PPR, and he had 21.3 compared to McCaffrey's 24.5. God, 24. Jesus. Running back, full season, PPR. The fact that McCaffrey's still a top five dynasty running back also makes yeah. me laugh. Yeah, Camaro. Guess who was RB3? Camara. I'm looking at it. Yeah. But then In like, points per game? Too. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. He got Mostert then, by a tenth of a point. And Mostert. So he missed time too. That's right. Mostert was actually tied with. For a game or two. Mostert was actually tied with Adrian. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> mm-hmm. What fucking a chance two fucking massive blow ups in the first yeah, weeks of the season. A three point gap between McCaffrey and Kyron and PPR, and then there's a four point gap to the next tier, which is where it starts to cluster up. The uh the Kyron Williams dynasty value discourse. I'm waiting for uh those to start all over social media because yeah. Have fun. Have fun trying to figure that one out. He's gonna be he's like the most untradeable player that that everyone wants to trade, but can't because they can't land out a value for them. I agree. All right. Next up, the draft steal of the year. So your best value of the year in drafts. Um, so this isn't your waiver pickups. These are your your late picks that ended up. I mean, I could say I. I did draft Puka. The one league I took Puka in, it was a late, late draft. I took I took him in the last round, which I happened to one. It was my three years. It was my league. I won three in a row in five out of the last six. I just wanted to do a humble break. Yeah. Well, good humble brag, I guess. <laughs> uh, so I think, let's see. This one's tough because if you drafted after the Cooper Cup news, which yeah. happened before the season started, Puka was a hot was a hot name. It was him and, and Van, right? I think those are the two names. Yeah, Van Jefferson, yeah. Yeah, it was you know, latched around two. But you would have you would have had the draft pretty late into the No into was, August. And it was think... probably twelve team plus for most people. You could make an argument for like Pacheco or Brees because Brees was discounted. Um, for me, it might be Brees was Collins. discounted. It might be Nico Collins though. That's a good one too. That's a good one because Nico, when he was healthy, was a top fifteen points per game wide receiver. Uh, sixteen point one in PPR. He was right with Stephon Diggs and Devontae Adams, like sandwiched right Fucking between Diggs. Those two. Fuck Diggs. And you got Jesus him Christ. a lot cheaper than those guys. I think for me, it's gonna be Nico. Nico's a good one. Mari Cooper. Yeah. It's hard to say because some of these players, like we're gonna Cooper. have a little more uh, recency bias with some of these. Is where like a Brees Hall come, but Brees was still. I tie a top five round pick. Yeah. Regardless. Um 
Yeah, and I'm not looking at ADP I, right now, but I'm not either. I don't Cooper, know what I'm, I, I'm looking at ADP right now. I'd, I'd imagine, I I'd imagine that Cooper would have been drafted higher than Nico and was a point per game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Cooper would have been, yeah, I think Cooper is an eighth round. I mean, Tank Dell was on that pace before he got hurt. Ryan, what's yours? I don't know. Raheem Mostert. He was going around. He was going after pick 100. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's, that's a good a, one. Yeah. That's a, that's a great one. I might you know, it. Because I don't think. What was James Connors? Ryan, what was James Connors? ADP. ADP? Uh, also, you know, dominant into his season. Yeah, he was 48th overall. Okay. Nah, I thought maybe he was a little lower. Dominant, dominant into the season, but not. Yeah, it stretches. Obviously, with the Cardinals were bad until, until Kyler got back. Yeah, he's overall was the RB twenty eight, and then when you do it by points by game per game, he was still he was with Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry. He was behind yeah, David yeah. Montgomery, Saquon Barkley. Uh, I like I like the Mostert call actually. I'm gonna switch off. I think if Mostert was going that low, that him ending up as the RB four in points per game and the RB two. Oh, is he going? That's that's fucking because crazy. Because Aiken Jeff Wilson, and, Jeff was Wilson and nobody thought that he was just gonna dominate the work like that. And then you had the H hand injuries and the in the Wilson injuries, and and there it is. Like he was going super low. I remember that. I mean, Mostert dominated yeah. even before HN got hurt. Yeah. Wilson was on IR to start this season. And I, also, wondered, people, I wonder when Mostert went on to IR. Because well, it, it was also, before the season started. Nobody predicted 21 touchdowns out of him, right? Well, no. fuck no, right? Yeah. Or 200-plus no. right. carries, or that he'd be healthy all season until week 18. He's like Garrett Blunt. Yeah. So. What about, what about Sam Laporta? Sam, little tight in love. I'm gonna do a little tight in love because we know who the rookie MVP is gonna be. We all hate tight ends. It's probably so most certain. Sam Laporta, love to Sam Laporta, or or even Trey McBride. Oh wow, yeah, Sam McBride was a late. I mean, rookie tight end. Like historically, why are you drafted in rookie tight ends in your redraft league? This would be the year to say. I mean, you know, Dalton Kincaid was on that pace until. Knox came back and then he fell off the face of the earth. Did Travis like Kelsey whole... miss time? He missed the first week of the season. The first week, yeah. That's why. That was the only time you've missed. That's why there's a point in the game difference. No, I, I'm okay with giving Sam Laporta love too because that was definitely a difference maker if you were were able to get him honorable mention. Sam Laporta round tight end. I know. Oh, absolutely. There's he was a he was a top five tight end every week after that. Yeah, and there's always three, right? You're three this year were Laporta, Kelsey, and Hawk. So but Laporta nobody called. So No, I mean th- there's a lot of people. It was, it's it's hard to praise rookie tight ends where historically you stay different. And and I mean yeah. he, he even still had to compete for touches and tar- you know, you know, compete for targets as well. You know what? I'm gonna switch off. Of Actually, Mostert. I like another one too. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna give it to Laporta because the positional variance at tight end, if you can catch one of those elite guys late, is incredible because you don't do that, and you'll like that is such a rarity to catch a tight end that hits that elite tier that you don't project near that elite tier. That's yeah. a rookie that is performing at that level. 
Like that is such a rarity, and he would have been so dirt cheap if he was even drafted. Ryan, yeah. is there any rumors of Detroit wanted a draft receiver high this year? No, shouldn't okay, be. Okay, good. No, I the mean, way Jamison Williams is starting to come on. His like I've been telling people like his stats don't show it, but the way he's playing, and it is coming on. He's you're, new Gabe Davis, Ryan. He's new Gabe Davis. But you're fine no, with that with. Amonra playing a normal role. That's what I'm saying is if Detroit and the yeah. running game that they have, like you're totally okay with that. Yeah. I, I, I don't Detroit, want I them to take a receiver Detroit, early. That's my only thing. That's why I'm asking is Detroit needs to just invest a shitload in defense. Yeah. They got to find, they got to, right. you know, invest in defense and invest in. Yeah. Defense. Defense. I'm just going to stop. <laughs> All right, bad break of the year. This is going to be injury related. Um, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Justin yeah, Jefferson. No, first thought was losing Jefferson was fucking Jefferson. The pace Chase. that he was on, man. The pace, the like. Uh, he was AJ Brown before AJ Brown had his one fifty. Jeff- Jefferson, started. even more so than Chase, though, because Chase, even when he's been healthy, has been a little, little bit iffy. I mean, Joe Burrow has certainly impacted that, but oh, yeah. the amount of time that Jefferson I mean, before Chase missed, got hurt, Burrow was also, it, you know, was trying to recover from his injury too. And when Chase got hurt too, you might've had some cushion and some things to play with. When Jefferson got hurt, you were trying to establish position in, you know, rankings wise and fantasy football and you were scrambling. So yeah. I, I'm definitely going to go Jefferson on that one. Quarterbacks are easier to replace with like Burrow and cousins. It's hard to replace Jefferson's productivity and when he, the difference between when he was it's on the field and when he impossible. wasn't. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say one that's not more so for fantasy. I'm going to give the true bad break. It's Cam Akers re-rupturing his Achilles. Oh, yeah. That, that like, say what you will about him as a player. Like, the fact that he battled back, but got a second chance, then re-injured his Achilles. Gut felt bad for the, the just feel horrible for him. Like he, he, he had a second chance, yeah. And uh, two games later, he ruptures his Achilles again, yeah. Not the same one, thankfully, but no. And after the true bad injury break of the and year, and after he'd already been cut, but so it, cut. I mean, it, it sucks, yeah. Or wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he was, got traded midseason got traded in the Rams, mid-season. yeah. Because he was in yeah, the dog, which is basically break. for free trade. It was basically a. It was basically a cut, but it was a trade off from round seven to round six for the Rams in the draft pick. That's it. Mm-hmm. But Jefferson is a fantasy bad break. I think injury. I don't think yeah. anybody else would fit that. No, like Maybe I agree pro- with you too. And yeah. I'm, I'm gonna throw in one more, just because okay. he we all drafted him in either the first, end of the first, beginning of the second. Nick Chubb and. Yep. And if you yeah, weren't able to get Jerome Ford, like that's that yeah, was a backbreaker right Ryan. there. That yeah. one actually that, that's Chubb's pretty that's very good close. Call. Cause he also is I think he was an RB I think he was the RB one before he got hurt. It was either so him too. like I like he was He was dominant. on fire, like there was no stopping him. He was catching passes. They actually yeah, he was doing everything. So are you switching to Chubb, Dan? Yeah, because he's off for the year. He was off for the year. Season yeah, ending, off the year. and that might even be devastating for Dynasty because the recovery could flow into next year. I think that's the and one because if all bad running backs have been like McCaffrey's yeah. still a top five Dynasty running back, that's so bad running, running backs, backs have, have been. been. Yep, 
for Dynasty. All right, next one, the bust of the year. Who sucked without reason? I'll go first. With, suck suck without injury. Yep. What about limited in, injury? Mm, but depends. it's but his, I didn't think it was Tony but, Pollard, but how was the performance? I would say Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler's also. But he missed time, didn't he? He did. I think he missed a couple games. But he was bad on the I was going to give mine to Tony Pollard because he didn't miss any games. Yeah. <laughs> Austin Eckler was bad when he was on the field, though. In a points per game role, though, it's Pollard by like and then four tenths of a Maybe Damian Pierce because Pierce but was a Pollard oh, was yeah. in fifth round. Or Pierce Pollard, might be the answer. Pollard was still also the RB14, though, too, because of how bad running Because he stayed healthy. Yeah, oh and because of how bad running backs were this year. I mean, he was still oh my god, twelve point nine PPR points a game. That's the it, that's yeah. It, it's try telling yeah, having Pollard in the fantasy playoffs and, and not having him be the bust of the year. I think people are. I do. Someone I saw it on on X when someone said Damian Pierce even over Tony Pollard because of Pierce's ADP was, I think he was round four or five for most of the draft. Oh my season. god. And Pierce throw, was fucking bad this I, year. Can I throw shade for a second, yes. even though I know we're not yeah. giving it to this guy? Yeah. Bijan Robinson. <laughs> yeah. A yeah, combination of bad and Arthur's of not he, he, up to expectation plus Arthur uh, Smith. Dude was a first round pick that was tw- that was like behind James Cook in points per game. And you got James Cook seven rounds later. Running backs are a bitch of a position. Remember the, the one running back we're all on? Because he's like, oh, there's no running back behind there. He's going to get all, all these carries, all these catches. He's got a rookie quarterback. There's no way, you know, he's going to be better than what he did last year. He can probably match. Miles Sanders? Yes. Miles Sanders. Sanders is a great one. He got fucking benched. That's Miles Sanders one. ended up being nothing. He was yes. literally benched for Chuba Hubbard. Yes, literally benched for that is that that is the answer. That is he may have went after Tony Pollard, but that is the answer is Miles Sanders. Yeah, it's all running backs. It's even more hilarious that it's all running backs. Like there's no wide receivers on this. Julian McLaughlin even did better than Miles Sanders. I wouldn't say that there's no wide receivers on this though. Right? There's. I'm saying in terms of like, okay, what are some wide receivers? I'm I'm trying to think. A wide receiver who like. What what kind of makes me like like review this year is like you know we're all kind of zigging and zagging. Usually when we zig, I like to zag. So I usually like oh, to yeah, do the opposite. That's not a bad call to make ever. So wide and receivers. Like, oh. Sorry, I was like, oh, that didn't work. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna try to do this wide so, receiver heavy thing, and it worked. Wide receivers this year: Chris Godwin, twelve point four points per game. Um, everybody thought that he was gonna outperform Mike Evans. And draft them ahead. I mean, they went within a round of each other. Yeah. I think Mike Evans is a surprise. I think 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 Godwin was a Chris Godwin ended up as the wide receiver 30, not in a points per game, just overall. Yeah. Which is pretty bad. Uh, Drake London was a wide receiver 36, didn't miss any time. That was pretty bad. Uh, Cooper Cup, even without the injuries. Let's see. Yeah, he uh, he got replaced. The post return. It was Remember when we show. were all on Brandon Cooks? Never oh, yeah. been under a thousand yards. And he helped with me. He helped with me. He bounced in late. He's late, late, late season ad. 
when Dallas decided to start Actually, throwing the fucking football. Yeah, he was fine. Christian Watson. T injury hurts. He was hurt for most of the yeah, but part still, of the like, season. He, he's, he's still never he was did, even. Like, yeah, like he was I mean, nine games, was healthy. nine games and 422 receiving yards. T Higgins yeah. is bad. Uh, how about Hollywood Brown? Yeah, the Wide replace 49. Yeah, the uh, he was fine until the nagging injury started to show up, and then it was just. Like he played a lot of the games and he should have just sat. It was, it was, I think, I think yeah. Hampton related too. Actually, I do like that one. Hollywood, Hollywood Brown would probably be the good one to go with. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy was bad. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. I still think Hollywood Brown was worse though because of the whole injuries. Brown was. Yeah. There's no glaring. Cortland Sutton was pretty bad. I don't know if there's any bad ones. Yeah. The Russell uh, Wilson effect. Let's see, T. Higgins is one that keeps popping up in front of my face. Jalen Waddle? Can't remember if you missed time. Oh yeah, Jalen Waddle. Waddle, I think he missed a game or two, but I, th- I mean, it was. Uh, I think a lot of us. I think he it was more behind. so the excitement of Miami than it was yeah, Waddle. Was yeah. I think we just over projected Miami. Stefan Diggs, dominant start to the season, but a disastrous, off, a disastrous uh, finish. Jahan it was, Dotson, that, that was when, fucking brutal. Remember yeah, when Dotson. people were taking Jahan Dotson above George Pickens? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was the, going top 30 wide receiver. The frustration of both offenses. <laughs> yeah, except Pickens. For love of God, contributed. can Pickens get a quarterback that can throw him a football, please? Hey, he's got one. Mason Rudolph, look at his last two weeks. <laughs> Nomad Canada. Thank God. Nomad Canada helps. Am I missing anybody else? I don't know. Who are we giving it to? The bus? Miles yeah. Sanders. Miles Sanders. I'm giving mine to Miles yeah, Sanders. Miles Sanders. I'm good with that. Yeah. Comeback player of the year. So injury or obscurity. Joe Flacco. <laughs> Joe Flacco. <Dude. laughs> Uh, Demar Hamlin, the dude literally died and came back to barely play. But no, I'm kidding. For fantasy, is it Flacco? No, you can't do it. No, since he biased four games isn't going to get you that. Oh boy. Is it Kyron Williams? Okay. <laughs> he came back. Well, I was, I was he came back from nothing, but. But Mike Evans, because we all read him off. We all wrote him off Baker, of Baker oh, Mayfield yeah, thinking that he'd go to Chris Godwin. He had a good year last year. It was just... Right, but we all wrote, wrote him off. Because this, of, yeah, I know, but it, yeah, but he didn't come back from being wrote, bad yeah. last year. He was good last year. Baker Mayfield, quarterback nine. Baker's a good one. Ryan, yeah. you and I know that. I mean, he was a fine stream. He was streamer plus. So here's a couple of options. Baker Mayfield, okay. quarterback nine. Alvin Kamara, running back nine. Um... After some suspension stuff, Brees Hall running back four after the AC, after the ACL tears and everything. He's RB four. Is the RB four overall sixteen point three points had, per game? Boy, when he was, he was also top ten points per game ahead of Rashad White, just behind Jameer Gibbs. I think Brees and people have recently biased with them with the championship game of just dominating it. Yeah, Brees Hall had a dominant playoff besides this wild card week. Which was very bad. I'm okay with 
Greece. Yeah, I actually I, like I think because I think it, it, you know with, yeah, you know, quarterback wise, is you know Baker's return to streamability, I guess, yeah. is good. But uh, you know, Brees with the return and I mean, he had a hundred yards his first game back, and he played every game this season. I don't think he missed a game at all. He didn't, even though he didn't miss a game. Struggled in the beginning with he had some really the bad QB to do. play and stuff, but yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's Brees. Yeah, I think Brees is I a like good it. call. All right, breakout player of the year. So this is not rookies. This is you know more dynasty related. Who who broke out? Give me some options. Quarterback Brock Purdy at the quarterback six. After a little I was just gonna say that. last year, Jordan Love at the quarterback five. I would give uh, it the yep. Love more than Purdy. I think people had expectations. I think as we got closer to the season and after Trey Lance was traded. Uh, Kyron I Williams. like Jordan. James Cook. Kyron yeah. Williams is also James Cook's a great one. James but Cook had a huge season as a He's got draft capital insulation. Pacheco. Um, Try to give it to a running back. I mean, it's not, but. And then wide receiver side, ARSB, somehow Amonra took another step. CeeDee um, Lamb jumping from tier CD two to Lamb tier one. To the old tier one. Yeah. A lot of arguments for him to be wide receiver one, too. Brandon Ayuk has a top 12 wide receiver season under yeah. his belt now. Um, what else we got? Nico Collins at the 18. And then tight end wise, I think your best option there is going to be probably McBride. Cole Komet and Trey McBride. Yeah, McBride. For McBride sure. would be McBride would be my breakout tight end for sure. Hundred targets, seven hundred ninety-one yards, two touchdowns. It's a massive end to the season. Once yeah. Kyler came back, it was the McBride. I mean, Dobbs started the McBride show, and then it was yeah, Kyler when he came back. Cole Komet was a little better, but he also started to break out last year. Yeah. So you can't really say CD already broke out. No, you can't really say CD. So I don't think it's going to be a wide receiver. Because other than CD, your next best option is like Nico. Brandon Aubrey, he was a kicker 22 being drafted. This is a bro one. Yeah, Brandon (laughs) Aubrey. (laughs) Um, I like the Jesus James Cook. Christ. I like the James Cook call, especially as the year went on. He he broke out, became incredibly reliable. Had one bad game down the stretch. Other than that, was incredibly good. Um, not a ton of. The I would give it well. to Kyron, but I'm not giving it to a player that's already gotten a reward. Right. So just, I'm thinking. I'm just thinking because sport names. I'm thinking James Cook. Although, also, we yeah. have not awarded a wide receiver anything yet. Until we're good here. Yeah. I'm going to James Cook. Yeah. We gave a tight end a reward, so I won't have to give it to McBride. Even though I th- I, I I I do I do like McBride too. I, I, I think personally I, I give it to McBride, but I, I, I have no issue with either or Ryan you're the tiebreaker. I'm getting the reward. You know what? Let's give it to McBride because I feel like McBride was a more beneficial for us. And fancy because of the way the tight end position was this year. We didn't have that overabundance of Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews being injured, Hawkinson actually, well, he went down, but he was 
dominating. George Kittle having his hit and miss games. Trey McBride, he just seemed more, he was just efficient. Like he was guaranteed those points every week, week in and week out. It's true. And your tight end nine is Jake Ferguson. <laughs> Mark Andrews. Mark Hurt. Andrews. Mark Andrews was still the tight end 11. So bad tight ends were. Bad man. Oof. And plus, you know, tight ends in Dynasty typically will hold their value longer just because obviously the longer shelf lives and, and running backs tend to fluctuate so heavily just with the only lower wild. shelf life. And mm-hmm. I have to imagine Buffalo is going to fix the passing game because they lean, they went away, man, hard. Like Dalton Kincaid is your tight end 13. But yeah, yeah, Mark. He would have been higher if Knox not have you know if if Knox didn't come back. Like Kincaid was on a great path until Knox came back. Mark Andrews and Dallas Goddard finished as tight end ones, both missing, both missed multiple significant time. Yeah, George Kittle was the only one that went over a thousand yards. Dalton Schultz too. He went over a thousand. Yeah, Kittle was over a thousand yards. Good for him. Ninety targets. Only the only one. Mm -hmm. What a weird fucking year for tight ends, man. Right, They're, the drop off from David Njoku to Cole Komet in total points was thirty seven. I um, want to say Njoku would be a great one too, but man, we need a little bit bigger sample size. Two to three points. And he's game. not going to have Flacco throwing him the ball either anymore. They're very clearly more tight end insides. Very clearly two tiers, just like there are every year, right? Actually, there's very clearly multiple tiers, uh, three tiers. Before you get a big drop off, you've got your elites, which would have been Laporta, Kelsey, Hawkinson. Mark Andrews yep. actually would have fallen in this weird tweener position, like tier 1.5. And then Eben Ingram, George Kittle, David Njoku, and then Cole Komet, Trey McBride, Jake Ferguson, Dalton Schultz, and Dallas Goddard would have rounded that as tier three. Yeah, the injuries to Hawk and Kelsey's fall off and Andrew's injuries shifted the dynasty tight end community. The dynasty uh, tight ends on its head. All right. And your rookie of the year is Pukunakua because he's about to break rookie receiving records. And this isn't an indictment. This is actually a really, really good rookie class. I'm excited to talk about him here in a couple weeks and how their, their year one went. But I mean, this rookie class ended up being, being very, very good, but Better than expected. Yeah. Puka was better. Yeah. There was a lot of like wide receiver two, three type performances, and not to take anything away from like sort of like Rashi Rice, for example. But Puka was just heads or tails as a fifth round pick that nobody was on. Just out of the gate, huge season. Um, he's gonna be as of right now, he'd be fourth in receiving yards in the league. Yeah, he is. Uh, he might the true one for one replacement. True one for one replacement. Yeah, I mean it's he's insane. had a better season than anybody anticipated, and you know fourteen hundred yards, one hundred and fifty four targets, hundred and one receptions, fourteen hundred and forty five yards, five touchdowns. Yeah, Puka's he's that guy. Top twelve yep. dynasty receiver. Yep, right That's out of the gate me. that nobody was on. So. Good yep. for good for Puka. Um, I this is the one category other than the CMC one where it's like, yeah, we don't really need to talk about this because we know 
that it's him. You know, Rashi Rice had a solid season, didn't break a thousand yards. So been the only reliable honorable was, mention to Sam Laporta. Honorable <laughs> mention to Sam Laporta for sure. And CJ Shroud. I guess for what he did. I don't know. CJ Shroud. No, I guess. There's no other rookie. I mean, you can't really can't say Gibbs because Gibbs is drafted so highly. And yeah. I think expectations are already high enough. CJ Stroud was was good. You can't really say Gibbs. You can't really say Bijan because they both under. Well, definitely, we know it's definitely not Bijan. Yeah, I but, think if Cousins didn't get hurt, I think we we would be talking about Addison more. Yeah, and you know, Jaden Reed was yeah. was relevant down the stretch, and they're they're guys. So it's gonna be fun when we come to talk back to talk about that class. Jackson Smith and Jigba was quiet, but you know, overall body of work is right there. So we'll have fun conversation on that in a couple weeks. Looking yeah, forward to that one. Yeah. Uh, that will be April 8th. Because I won't go a few weeks in. Counting up 2021, 2022, 2023. So you said what? April? No, sorry. February. I was oh, like, what? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like, that's what You've been doing this a long time. No, February 8th. Yeah, that makes sense. February 8th. All right. That's the last ever Feelies. So um, that's an episode I actually look forward to every year, just being able to hand that mm-hmm. stuff out and do that. Good conversations around news. A little longer episode this week. So thank you guys for tuning into that. Probably tried to fit too much in here. Learning scenarios. We we move back into the off offseason. Uh, we'll... <laughs> yeah, right. Learning scenario in our final year. <laughs> oh, that's by the last episode. Well, learning scenario for the next 33 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back next week uh, to recap Black Monday and preview the offseason. Hooray. Right. Till next time. Till next time.